Welcome to another episode of There is a System to This Madness podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Today is May 14th, 2020. Let's get right into it. I want to start off by talking about the situation in Brunswick, Georgia. I think since our last um, episode, individuals have been um, placed in the custody, the father and the son that are accused of murdering him have now been placed in the custody. Also, supposedly there's a third individual, as you know by now, there's a videotape. Now the questioning is, what was the role of the individual that did the videotaping? I mean, when I looked at it, you can easily see that this videotape was edited. You can see where it was cut and spliced together, where based on the attorney of the individual stating that he released it so that it can shed light on his client's innocence. However, without a doubt, it really incriminates his client. So that that was a plan that backfired. Again, watching it over and over is obvious. You can see that this individual was not there to help at all but it was almost as if based on if he was there as a person trying to bring justice and be a witness then why would he have to edit why would he have to do any type of documentation to the video now supposedly they were trying to say that the video was to show that the killers were in fact the victims and that Mr. Arbery was the aggressor, which, I mean, come on, that don't even make sense. First of all, it's two, two men on one, and then the two men, they're armed. They're in a vehicle where you they run up from behind you and get out with their victims brandishing their guns, but they're the victims. No, this is this is a whole thing that went wrong. They basically thought that, you know, we're gonna we're gonna play with this guy. We're gonna mess around with him and he he returned the favor by not bowing down to them. He fought. I mean, basically, he went into a mode mentally that basically indicated, here's two people with guns. I don't have nothing to lose. He went into attack mode. And they weren't expecting that. How would they? No criminal in their right mind is going to walk up on a person that they feel that's going to fight back. It's just like... A person saying I'm gonna break into a person's house 
but I know that person is armed to the teeth and there's a possibility that I could lose my life or possibility that they're attack dogs. People don't think like that. It's a, it's a known fact. Most criminals, most burglars are cowards. Most muggers, most people that, are, that attack, they're cowards. So they're not going to come up against individuals that they believe is going to fight back. It's enough people out there that pretty much are just as afraid as they are that they feel that they can they can overtake. So they would never in their right mind approach a person that they felt had any inkling that that person was going to fight back. They thought that they were just going to make this person shiver in their pants and pretty much have this look the scared look on their face while at the same time their friend allegedly came up behind them filming the whole thing so that evening they can go home and they can have a good laugh well everything turned wrong it went it went sideways they picked the wrong person you know trying to indicate that you know they, they even show footage of a video of Mr. Aubrey in a in a unconstructed home and it just shows plain as day he just walked in being curious 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 walks in look at you know the layout thinking that you know it might be more further along than maybe what it looked like on the outside who doesn't do it I used to work in construction and I would go into homes multi-million dollar homes just to see what it looked like without no intent of stealing nothing we're gonna steal two by fours some nails for real okay somebody reported so this individual who now evidence is proven had no authority no arrest powers since I think they said 2006 to much less wave a stick at another person had no authority to take the law into his hands and what was what's so interesting is that this individual the uh, the person that is alleged with his son of killing Mr. Aubrey has believed to have been involved in a number of arrests of citizens in the state of Georgia. Now it's being questioned on whether or not if he has been deemed unqualified to perform this task, all of those cases, all of those individuals that had any connection to him, they can be overturned and be retried. So it's it's gonna be a big it's it's gonna this this is getting ready to be a big mess for the state of Georgia. Because it's not just it's not that county, it's not that city. This is something that the state of Georgia is getting ready to deal with. You know, and to continue on, 
you know, they they have this lawyer and I've spoken out against the individual. This is the same lawyer that represented the family of Trayvon Martin. And you know, and I got some individuals that want to add information. Well, this lawyer, the family lawyer can't, you know, bring it to trial. Yes, I, I understand the law. I understand how the law works. However, what is this particular lawyer what is his goal? What is his object objective? Except for, you know, photo ops, you know, wiping the tears off the family and finding a verdict and then going for a civil suit. And that's where he comes in and he's gonna cash in. And from there, when he cashes in, that's how he's gonna get, you know, that's, that's his moment. That's what he's waiting for. That's what he's trying to get. He wants that paycheck. In fact, since then, there was another killing young lady in Kentucky, uh, EMT, who was murdered by the police department there with a botched drug raid. As soon as he heard that, he goes straight to Kentucky, got his arms around the family, wiping their tears, because basically, from what I've read, it's pretty much almost open and shut. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be a settlement. It's not gonna go to something like that's not gonna go to trial. It's gonna be a settlement. That family's gonna get some money and he's gonna get a percentage of that money to to do what? What is he what is he really doing? Saying Basically, he got the information that everybody else is getting. He's reading the information the same way everybody's reading. And pretty much the police department is like, hey, we messed up. So from there, they're going to have a settlement. So for him to outline and detail the settlement, they're going to give him, what, 10, 20%? of that and then he's gonna make his way to another another grieving family you know to me if you want something like this to stop you really truly want it to stop first of all two things got to happen you got to have a a stronger sentence and it's got to be a crippling monetary amount the moment that a person is put on death row when and let's, let's make it black and white the moment a white person is put on death row put in a electric chair and sentenced to death and it actually is carried out because they killed a black person Right then and there, you're gonna see a change. And before that person is electrocuted or lethal injects, however, whatever state they do, before that is even taking place, if you have where that city, that county, has to pay a fee to that family where they sued them for millions, I'm talking about hundreds 
millions, not one or two, not even 10, but I'm talking about a hundred million. In fact, an amount that that city just don't have, where really it bankrupts the city and that county. Right then and there, when you get an amount of that magnitude, this will stop. This will stop. And hiring shade tree lawyers is not going to get it done. It's not going to get it done. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's not. You can see, when I read more about the Ahmaud Arbery situation, and you see the different attorneys that are coming out, that are speaking out on this, because this is, to them, this is open and shut. This is, I don't, you know, I don't even know what's allowing for these high profile attorneys to now start speaking out. Maybe because of the coronavirus, they don't have nothing to do. They bored, so they want some action. But still, the stuff that they are adding to this case, this with a, with a strong legal team, they can bankrupt this county. And with that in mind, you will never have, I'm not, well, let me, let me back up. I ain't gonna say never. It, 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 will, it will change. It will change the outcome of these murders, these so-called accident, accidental murders of black people. I remember, I don't know if some of you may not remember, in the movie Bad Boys, the second one, so it's like this is over, probably over 10 years ago, the bad guy in the movie, Johnny Tapia, evidently, he had sued the Miami Police Department, the fictional Miami Police Department, several times for false arrest. So each time they arrested him, they had to pay money. Well, it got to the point where the police department just said, hey, leave this guy alone. Don't touch him. Because he lawyers up. And every time he does that, they got to spend money. Well, it's the same thing. If it got to the point where every time a police officer or a citizen connected to the state, because this guy's connected to the county, somebody in that position kills a black person and it bankrupts that department or that city or that county, I guarantee you will see a change in how things are approached when it comes to the murder and killing of black people. Until then, no, you're not gonna have a change because it's like when it happens, white people, they get together, they go off into their little room, they think, okay, we got a situation. What are we gonna do? Well, we can do this. Then they're like, well, if we do this, they gonna do that. Then we can counter with this. They probably gonna get this attorney. 
In fact, let's go talk to the attorney to see what he can do to settle. Then from there, that attorney talked to the family. They'll admit fault. They'll say this. They'll do that. Then a, a fee, a monetary, a settlement amount is going to be approached. And from there, you'll never hear it of it again. This is exactly how this county was thinking. But see, now it's gone it's gone too far beyond the county. It went now, it left the county and it went to the state. Now there's rumor that it's gonna go on a federal level. Because if they chased him with the intent of harassing him because of his race, now it's a hate crime. That's federal. So it's on a whole different level. And really, it was not intended to be that way. It was really the videotape that was supposedly released to help one of the, one of the individuals has snowballed and it blowed back big time on the three individuals that you know have been deemed the victims let's move on about last week Sean Combs I, I know his name is Sean Combs I, I'm not sure if he's Puff Daddy or Diddy Diddy Daddy or I'm not sure. I'm not trying to trying to be respectful, but I know his name is Sean Cone. Bad Boys Records. Pretty much, he made a statement that we as black people should not just give away our votes. He was directing it really to towards Joe Biden that candidates need to earn our votes. Well, what was interesting in that, him making that statement? Because I think within 24 hours. Joe Biden came out and veiled a plan called Lift Every Voice. And it was geared towards African Americans. And there were things in there where, you know, he was saying that if elected, you know, he's going to make certain priorities and allocate, allocate funding, you know, pretty much, um, things such as the hate crime you know again going back to the Ahmaud Arbery situation he spoke on that um, said it was horrifying and if he was president things like this would not you know go unsaid you know he's saying that he's gonna put millions of dollars in initiatives to fight gun violence and um, better relief funds for African Americans that are having struggles with the coronavirus. Uh, things like investing in housing and tax credits for black people um, having access to public colleges and universities for, you know, 
families that's making, I think it said below $125,000. Things such as ways to get housing, um, have certain assistance with financial investing. Now, the only thing about all his his ideas, they're, they're great, but I don't think people understand what black Americans face. And that is, we need programs that would generate wealth in terms of from ground zero when I, I when I, I remember like with growing up growing up in um, Winston-Salem North Carolina I lived in a housing authority city housing called Cherryview Manor when we first moved there you know the house was it was subsidized subsidized housing probably 10 years, 10, 15 years after my mother lived there, the city realized that they just could not maintain these houses anymore. So what they did was they came up with the idea that they were gonna sell the houses. But of course, the occupants in those houses got first, first dibs on them. They knew that the majority of the people in these houses did not have, you know, major equity, you know, money stacked up in account. So what they did, they had programs and through the programs, you had to take these classes on how to understand finances. After completion of these, these classes, then they gave you money that was used towards your down payment. It was almost like you literally had to go through a bank with the down payment, the closing costs, everything. That was as if you was buying a house for the first time. Yeah, it was your house, but you had to, it was almost like you almost had to move out and move back in. This was the program that they had back then. And they also gave you money that would help you to renovate your house. If you, you know, now you could put a fence up, you can have your house altered on the inside if you want your kitchen redone. They had all this set up, but there were trainings and it was with the understanding that they knew the criterias that was needed for the people that was starting out with this. It was basically how do we get people that have nothing and help them to build equity. That is what's needed. You know, I think of Queen Latifah who is from Newark, New Jersey, such as myself. She's building $14 million worth of new houses in downtown Newark. 
And basically, these these houses, state of the art, are for people really with no capital at all. It's like I don't know how they determine who's going to get it, but it's based on is you just is is you almost really to be qualified. You have to have nothing, and from there. There's a training that's going to take place, and from that training, individuals will be awarded these houses, and from there, everything starts for them. But it's like saying that we're going to give people opportunities to take advantage, take advantage of this or take advantage of that. You know, when you say open up a savings account, but you need a hundred dollars. That's for some people. That's just far fetched. I know a number of the clients that I work with. That just that's that's a, a that's like light years away from them. It just it just don't happen. It, it, I mean, I like what he's proposing, but it's it's got to be better. It's got to be better something else that I've been reading up on is what will the new business outlook be after the coronavirus since the last time we talked Nationwide had announced that they were not going to utilize I guess a brick and mortar style building anymore people are going to pretty much be working at home or wherever they choose to work at as contractors. What I would like to know is like, what do you all think of the pros and cons of this this concept? I mean, I myself, I am an independent contractor. I've been doing contract work for 11 years, which uh, you know, I'll be lying if I said that when I first started, it was simple because it, it 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 took a minute for me to adjust. I mean, I had the mindset. I love the ideal of working independent, working on my own. It it had it required me to really hunker down and become disciplined. And once, once everything was in place, once everything just started rolling, yeah, it's at this point now, it's all I know. I couldn't imagine even working in, you know, four walls, much less a, a cubicle. It's, it's, it's just that, that amount of freedom pretty much coming and going as I please. When I hear people say, Things like, you know, let's do lunch. And I'm like, yeah, you know, what time? And they're like, well, I, you know, I, I got to do my lunch between 12 and 1. And I was like, I can feel sweat beating up on my forehead. Like, I hadn't had nobody tell me what time I can eat lunch again in, in over 10 years. So, it's, there are people that... I I can I can picture 
being put in that situation and they won't make it because they just don't it's not their nature it, it is not their nature and it's just it makes me wonder what are colleges and the guidance counselors and high schools and colleges what are they what are they telling the students how are they preparing them because like even like in my field to me it's two concepts to doing my type of work is first of all is knowing the the actual profession itself but then there's a mindset of knowing how to work how to structure your schedule how to put everything in order because basically in the in the contractor world the concept is if you don't work you don't eat it's that simple and I always had a saying that I like to eat not only do I like to eat I like steak so pretty much you know this is the new this is the new frame of mind that individuals have to gain you know there are a number of YouTube videos that I've watched that just stress the new jobs out there I know there's um, a video that I like to watch um, there's a young man in Toronto um, called Boston or Bentley the jobs that he even lays out that individuals should start seeking right now because like anything whenever something comes along something new is created there's some things that it's just it won't survive it's just it's just gonna go away you know when I see all these people out here protesting that they want their jobs or they want to have the right to go to work it's not going to do any good if nobody's coming to patron their businesses. And see, the sad part is the employers got these people amped up, going out here, blocking the streets, marching on city hall, state capitals, and they're not telling them that if the patronism decreased by 10%, 20%, they still gonna lose their jobs. Again, the whole concept of even understanding how business works, understanding how the United States works, because people fail to realize that this is a consumer country. This country really don't produce enough to sustain itself individually it goes hand in hand with consumption with a lot of consumption that's the whole purpose of these stimulus checks it's not so much to even pay your bills it's really to help you go spend and help businesses that's the bottom line of the stimulus bill yeah there are some people that are doing the right thing 
in paying their bills. There's some people that are actually doing the right thing and stacking that cash. But on average, the majority of those people, they spending that money on anything and everything. They showed a picture of flat screen TVs being put out on display at Walmarts. And then when them checks hit, three days later, the shelf is empty. There's a story that recently came out about some um, reality TV star located here in Atlanta. Um, wasn't, uh, gosh, said, um, they go by the name of Arkansas Mo. I think his name is um, Maurice Fain. Either way, supposedly, he applied for the federal federal government emergency funding and evidently he got he got like little over two million dollars and instead of I guess what he was supposed to use it for was to you know pay people on his payroll keep his business going and they're saying things like, you know, he used it to lease a Rolls Royce, you know, make back child support payments, you know, purchase like almost $100,000 worth of jewelry. You know, it's, this is crazy. All this, this, you know, this, this is crazy. But this is, this is really as outlandish as this is to some people. Because, you know, in the last episode, we talked about how the Lakers and uh, Ruth Chris and all these other businesses were applying for these loans. And, of course, then, you know, once they got some flack from everybody, they started sending the money back. Well, I guess, you know, this individual, he didn't send the money back. He spent the money. But it's just the fact that this is what the money really was intended to do to stimulate the economy by spending is not intended to save individuals which is why now Congress is now set to issue another stimulus package and I guess this package is to do what the first package was supposed to do However, it don't seem like they fixed any of the loopholes that would keep individuals from getting the money and abusing it. We'll see. Last but not least, let me ask y'all a question. Do anybody remember Calvin Munderland? I'm hoping that some of y'all said yes. For those of you who don't remember, Calvin Munderlin was a security guard in Flint, Michigan. On May 1st, while at work, he was uh, required to keep people from coming into a family dollar store without a mask. Well, evidently, Mr. Munderlin stopped a female from coming in the store 
Evidently, she left. Words broke out. Of course, she left, and she came back with a couple of individuals, and they shot and killed Calvin Munderland for doing his job. Calvin Munderland was a 43-year-old black man, a husband, and a father of four children. And he was murdered simply for doing his job. But I asked a question about do anybody remember who he is, who he was? And you know, you haven't heard of, you haven't heard anything about this story. It played one time, like I said, you know, this happened on May 1st. It played one time and you haven't heard anything. You haven't heard any, let's run for Calvin. You haven't heard anybody say, you know, making t-shirts on his behalf. You haven't heard nothing. Because, you know, in my opinion, you know, we talk about Black Lives Matter but, I mean, do black lives only matter when black lives are taken by white people? So, if a black person is killed by another black person, that, that life don't matter? It's just, people don't understand. Others are watching how we do each other. And they're feeding off of the way we do each other and treat each other. They have the inclination they can do it back. Now, that's not justified by no means. But that is the image that we present. But it's almost just like they just, they just swept this man under the rug. Simply because... He was killed by, by black people. So the question is, I guess black lives don't matter when you are killed by black people. I don't know. Again, would love to hear your responses. Would love to hear your views. Please, if you find anything that I said was wrong i would love to hear that please correct me until then this has been another episode of there's a system to this madness and i will talk to you again next week